We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Today is Monday, October 5th. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. Uh, we are trying something a little different here. We're going to do a little video along with audio for those of you who are on YouTube. Uh, so for the dozens of you that are watching, welcome. Yeah, we used to do uh, Real Man Wood on video for some of them, but Dalton's mug was just so unacceptable to so many people that we had to cancel it, unfortunately. Now, the real reason we canceled it is because the content of Real Man Wood was such that I had to edit it very carefully and it was just too hard to edit two versions, edit the video and the audio. So, but right. this is a more family oriented, uh, this is a more family oriented version. This uh, Rotowire football podcast, so it doesn't really need much editing, does it? Oh, it, it doesn't require any. I just click uh, absent anything that we're like, oh, uh, let's get rid of that. I'm not going to get rid yeah. of my ums and uhs and exactly's. I just, yeah, life's too short for that. It's part of my appeal. It's I'm just an yeah. everyman. I'm not a polished exactly, podcast. Exactly. I'm not the type that you'll hear on Sirius and XM with a sound that's not not emanating from my mother's basement. No, yeah. I am actually broadcasting from my own house. So therefore, I'm a podcaster. And you get me warts and all. Yeah. Well, uh, pe- people love you, Jeff. You know that's that's what that's what I'm a lovable scamp. That's they, right. They, yeah. They and now you can actually they, they see they when I'm not paying attention. I'm looking up at the game or anything like that, or I'm distracted. So actually, now I'm busted good. very easily. Yeah, exactly. Because you're never, you say the same thing I say 20 times a show. It's no, I don't do that as much anymore. 
I, I've been uh, working like, on that. I'm, at least, I'm down to five real, times a show. You, I don't call you out on it anymore because I've I've given up. You've won. I broke you. Me. I yeah. broke you. I'm Good. just like, broken I'm man. saying some shit. He's you now own listening. a dog. You're a broken man. And, you caved to your daughter and everything. Yeah. Uh, so I'm saying something. He's not listening. He's going to repeat it back to me in a couple of minutes. So it's fine. I'm going to let it go. Yeah. Equanimity. I like yeah. it. Absolutely. All right. Big news right off the top. Bill O'Brien fired as GM, GM and head coach and presumably play caller of the Houston Texans. Yeah, good riddance to that douche. I mean, you know, that dude sucked. He sucked. He sucked at his job. Every time you watch a game, you're like, why are you punting? Why are you doing this? Oh, you're playing the Chiefs. It's fourth and one for midfield. It's seven seven in Arrowhead. Let's go punt. Okay, game over. We never see the you know, we never see a lead again. How many times have we been over this with this guy the last five years? It's just dumb thing after dumb thing after dumb thing. And now he finally got canned. I mean, anyone I mean, there's people who are way better at their jobs than he is that have been fired for way less. And it's just it's ridiculous. You know, he lucked into uh, Deshaun Watson as his QB made the playoffs. He lucked into JJ Watt as, you know, a historically great defensive lineman and made the playoffs a couple of years, but ah, good riddance to that guy. Just, there's just no need for it. And I don't care. I'm contrarian. Like all the analytics people are always like, Oh, Gettleman's so bad. Gettleman's not so bad. He signed Blake Martinez and he signed, uh, what's his name? The, uh, the corners, uh, you know, the James Bradbury, who's just playing amazing for the giants and the defensive line looks good. Like Gettleman, I'm sorry, but like, I, I just don't see that just that those analytics guys have a religion. Like, Oh, he said he likes to run the ball or he didn't take a quarterback and so he took Saquon instead of Darnold or whatever. I don't care about that at all. But with o- Bill O'Brien, I can't even be contrarian about it. It's like, he just sucks. I've bet on the Texans so many times just to watch that guy piss away a perfectly good uh, drive on a punt. And I'm just, I'm so happy. I'm happy. This guy's gone. And he sounded like a, like he was a dick too to Deandre Hopkins, you know, like trying to like compare him to Aaron Hernandez or something in their conversation. So, um, I think it's just, it's just better just for the viewing experience and the fan experience. And obviously for the Texans that he's gone. And you know, the thing is he, he was not the GM that drafted Watson. He was not the GM that drafted Watt or Hopkins for that matter. He inherited all that. Uh, you know, well, maybe he had his, in, I'm not even maybe he had his input, but he wasn't the guy that can be say like, oh, I brought them all in. It, it's my credit that I got that. And it's not just the Hopkins trade. It's everything that happened last year. You know, whether, you know, the, the trade with the dolphins where they, you know, gave up a ton to get Kenny stills and, uh, the, the offensive lineman uh, whose name is escaping me right Laramie now. Tunzel. Yes, Laramie Tunzel. He, he they gave away uh you know what's his name uh, the uh, uh Clowney as well. Yeah. Right? And you know that and then they gave they traded away a fourth round pick for Duke Johnson a running back they never use and then, you know and they, he, well, in my system we don't throw to running back. Then why did you trade for him? Right? And then obviously Hopkins for David Johnson. And, you know, a lot of times like there are, you know, Antonio Brown sounds like he just lost his mind, you know, maybe too much, too many concussions or who knows what it was, but, and that's not on the coaches when Tomlin and Belichick and Gruden can't uh, get, you know, get through to him and he's wandering around the league and now he's out of the league and he's harassing people, whatever. That's a different thing. Uh, But Hopkins. He just wanted to get paid. There's nothing wrong with that. And also it's on the coach to relate to the player. Like the yeah. play, if all, if your player is the problem, uh, then it's kind of like, you're not doing your job. You're not relating to the guy. I mean, obviously again, there's Antonio Brown situations where it's, you know, sort of beyond the coach's ability, but Hopkins doesn't seem like he's a problem guy. And so 
when there's friction, it's not just on the player. It's also because the coach didn't handle the situation. Well, you look at Alvin Kamara, right? Alvin Kamara hadn't been paid. Aaron Jones hasn't been paid, but Kamara hadn't been paid and obviously deserved it. And was a big part of the team, but like they never got into like this sort of animosity, this beef between him and Sean Payton or any of that stuff. And I'm not saying Sean Payton's some great guy or genius, but like just the baseline, like, you know what I mean? He didn't have a problem with the star player. And when you see that with coaches, sometimes it's not the player. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, right. And there's very few GMs. I mean, coaches that can also double as a GM successfully. Look at Chip Kelly as a huge disaster example of that. You know, everybody fashions themselves as par- parcels. Well, I'm going to be the cook. I want to shop for the groceries. Well, you know what? For the most part, you're lousy at shopping for groceries. And, and, and then it makes you a bad coach too. It just, it takes away everything. It's a hard job, right? The grocery yeah. shopping is like maybe harder than the cooking, uh, because if we're going to keep the analogy going, uh, because it's drafting's hard, you know, yeah. signing players is hard. You know, they're unpredictable year to, they get hurt. They age unpredictably. It's just, you know, some of them are more system guys than you realize until they get out of the system. It's, it's difficult. You know, you're talking about, um, complex systems and like which part of a system is the key part with the Eagles. When they won the super bowl, Carson Wentz wasn't the key part. It turns out, but he was going to win MVP before he got hurt. So it was like, wait, the quarterback's not the, the MVP level quarterback's not the key part of this system. The second overall pick, that's not the key part. Oh no, actually it's not. Nick Foles just fine in that role. So it's very complex. And then also, you know, if you're like Belichick, you shop for the part. And even if you don't do the greatest job, you work with what you bought. You know, a lot of times, you know, on those like iron chef shows, it's like, it's not like, Oh no, you get to buy whatever you want. No, you, they give you the ingredients and you got, I was like, Oh, I'll go on iron chef. I'll crush that. And I think Heather was like, no, no, you got to cook something very specific. Like they can be specific things. You can't just cook what you're good at. They yeah. give you something. You got to make something. <laughs> You'll go on iron that, chef. <laughs> yeah. I'll go on iron awesome. chef. I'll crush those. <laughs> I'll beat, I'll beat the, I'll beat anyone on this channel. I will beat anyone on this channel. That's not the channel, but I'm not an XM, but I tell you, I'll beat anyone in the fantasy industry. But the point is, I was like, Oh, I'll do that. She's like, no, you won't do it. They'll give you like lobster and like, um, they'll give you like, uh, what's, what's that, uh, sea urchin. And you'll have to make that. You don't know how to make that. You have no idea what the hell that is. So that is part of the skill is like the, once the groceries are gotten, you don't really know what you got. It's kind of like mystery groceries. And then you got to cook with them and Belichick will cook with the random shit that he's got. So hopefully he's got some good ingredients, but he makes do. And you know, a lot of coaches too, like they, if they don't have the exact right setup, it's like they can't, they're not good. And so it's just to do both tasks at once is, is a huge responsibility. You got to be very disciplined, organized and like Bill O'Brien shouldn't be doing either task. And then he's tasked with both. And you know, it's I, you know what the surprising things about Bill O'Brien is that they made the playoffs so often. Yeah, I, it has to be that he's got a, a core competency there that he has to be oh, pretty good at at coaching to a certain extent. Don't you think? Uh, he, he's got to be doing something right. Although you know, I thought Joe Torre was a crap manager, but he just happened to be the right place, at the right time. I guess football is more involved uh, than baseball. Like anybody can manage a, a baseball team full of stars that gets along. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, he must do something, right. He must do yeah. something. Maybe he is a leader of men in his own way, but, uh, yeah, he's definitely not splitting the atom. And I, I don't know. I just better for the league. I don't need everyone to be an analytics dork. I really don't care about that. I'm not one of those people, but I do want people, you know, just to learn from errors, not do things that are 
you know, it's one thing to go for two down 15 on the first score, or especially go for two down 14, uh, which I think uh, Mike McCarthy did, which was, which was smart, but go for two down 14. If you don't do that, I think that's less troubling to me than if you're still, that's like the new, okay, now coaches are realizing this is optimal and you can easily show it. I'm going to show it in my column tomorrow, but not, but punting on fourth and one in plus territory against the chiefs. That's like the one-on-one course that if you didn't learn that it's, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Right. And when he did it previously in the playoffs, multiple times, you know, losing to the Pats. Remember, they had the Pats on the ropes, and then he did his yep. little four, you know, fourth down punt in the fourth quarter when they're, or maybe not on the ropes when they were they were close and it's still viable. And then he did that like two different years. He did that, yep. and it was almost like the undercover, you know, Belichick assistant. You know, let, let's just hand yeah. the game to him, sort of yeah. thing there. And it, it didn't learn from that at all. So yeah, off with his head. Uh, basically. Yeah. So what does this mean for the Texans? Is, do, is there, what meaningful change do you think we'll see? Well, I don't know because it depends who's in charge and it's what Cornell right now. Who is it? Oh, Romeo Cornell, another Belichick guy, uh, yeah. ex defensive guy. He's Interim a defensive guy, but he's not going to matter for the offense. Who's the coordinator? Who's taking over calling plays? That's the question. Yeah, well, that, that is, that is the question. And I don't, I don't know who that's going to be. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just him that got fired right now. I'm going to look and see though, who's on the coaching staff, see if there's anything, uh, else that we can learn from that, but do this in real time and search for it because yeah. to me, that's the, uh, that's the bigger story, right? Because Cornell's not calling plays. He's a defensive guy. He's going to delegate that to somebody. Presumably and, uh, the offensive coordinator, right? And Yeah, if he's still there. Now, O'Brien wasn't calling plays, right? He was making down the distance. He just runs. took over calling plays. That's the funny thing. Like, this week was the first time, I think, that he started calling plays himself. And clearly, that was not... You something. know what? Pull up Mario's article. Mar- Mario did all the... Uh, you know, the coaches and coordinators. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pull this up because I'll get it. I mean, you do I that while I'm, yeah, it, it, the, the offensive is, coordinator was Tim Kelly, who also is the, uh, the, the quarterbacks coach too. Okay. That's so who I, I would assume would be the know, guy. I don't know what plays. his tendency is, uh, but I don't know what his tendency is really like what, if this guy's got some special tendency, all right, I'm looking at this, this is from February and we've got the, uh, the Texans O'Brien. Oh, he had O'Brien as the offensive coordinator. At the time, well, so that's well, that's not going to help me. No, it's not. But, uh, anyways, you know, it, it, it's a big change. Maybe that means a different different philosophy on you know fourth down and things of that nature. That could absolutely be the case. Uh, we'll see. But uh, he's out. Ten you know, Titan. This is the first game that the Titans were favored to win. By the way. They were big underdogs in their first three games at Kansas City, home against Baltimore, at Pittsburgh. So a lot, I've, I've seen this line of defense. Oh, look at that schedule. And they included the Vikings as a hard one. You know, the Vikings. Vikings were 0-3 coming in yeah. and just lost at home to the Titans. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it, the Vikings may be a league average team. It, it'll turn out, but I don't right. think it's a hard game. And it, it's just. Again, like if he were making amazing, you know, if, if they had lost to Sean Watson for an, to an injury, if JJ Watt had been out two games or something, if if there had been some undue hardship that they had been dealing with, then you could maybe cut him slack. But they're, you know, they're not, and they're not competitive. Nope. And against the Vikings, they really their defense was terrible. Um, I don't know what it's going to be. I think I, I don't. I mean, you'd think okay, maybe they'll throw more. Maybe they'll let Watson cook. You know, let Deshaun cook, just like let Russ cook. 
stop, you know, forcing the ball in handoffs, throw to Duke and David Johnson a lot and just open it up. It's possible, but I, I don't know what the offensive coordinator's tendency is. No, I don't either. It won't be worse. It won't be worse. I'll promise you that. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Okay, other big news. Uh, no Devontae Adams tonight. No Sony Michelle. One of those is not like the others. Uh, they, they will be activating Damian Harris in the first Monday night game. You know, the, the Pats backfield remains a mess. Still, may, you know, not anybody really want to start on a regular basis, even though if you started, uh, you know, either of the top two backs last week, then you did quite well. But I, I don't really see that as being a big option week after week, even though it's like some of the personnel has changed. Yeah. Um, I think the, the packs, bats backs are going to be a hard to predict and B uh, the division of labor is going to go against you. Usually Burkhead was an exception. had a monster day when they mm-hmm. just ran it only and they faced the Raiders who were kind of soft, but James white's back. That was also because James white had a tragedy. And so he was away. That was just a, right. a fluke thing that, that, you know, he's going to be back taking those particular carries, those particular role, the third down role. And then you've got, uh, you know, probably Burkhead on the early down carries. I don't think they're going to activate Harris and give him a major role. I could be wrong about that. Sony Michelle's on IR now. And then, uh, you know, Cam Newton gets the goal line work a lot. So you've got a goal line back, a pass catching back, a quasi goal line back in Burkhead, who's also a quasi patch catching back. And then you've got whatever's left with Harris. And, uh, who's that rookie they had? Um, JJ something What's his name. There was that rookie that I picked him up in the dynasty league. Oh yeah. Uh, JJ Taylor, JJ Taylor. Yeah. He's there too. So, right. And I didn't even realize at first that Michelle was, went straight to the IR. So he's out at least three games. So that's a big yeah. deal. Uh, it means frankly, he's a cut right now because he's a guy that you don't feel great starting anyhow i think i started him last week and he had 100 yards so i was happy about that but it was desperation 14 team league with a lot of spots but yeah i I would you know now he's on ir i'll just put him there so it's no big deal but yeah he's a he's a cut in the league where like an nffc cut him without any without conscience yeah and leagues that you don't have an ir slot you i think you have to go that route uh no Adams, no Devontae Adams in the night game. Uh, the, or they're both night games. The later of the two games, Packers and Falcons. Uh, it looks like Julio will play and Calvin Ridley will play. So that's that's a big deal there. But still, uh, you know, it, it that, you know they're going to be compromised in this game, perhaps. My yeah, I'm a little nervous because I have the Packers and Survivor. And worst case scenario is Ridley, Gage, Jones play. Adams doesn't. Lazard's on IR. So like this all it's kind of like went the wrong way for me, but um, I don't think MVS is up to the task of getting 12 targets and having a huge day. I could be I hope I'm wrong. He just, he, he seems like he's not really a football player. He, he should, he's like an Evan, you know, Evan Ingram was a first round pick with the giants. So he's mm-hmm. in a lot, but he's just a big fast guy. And it's like, he's not like a, he just doesn't deliver really, you know? And I think MVS six, four, two Oh six runs like a four, three something. And he should be, you know, like, I don't know, like DJ Chark. He runs a four three seven. He should be like a DJ Chark type, but he just doesn't have the football skills. And he's just something's up. He's already 25, which isn't that young for, you know, prospect. So I'm, I'm going to bet against him. I think Aaron Jones does something. I think one of these scrubs that we don't know about, Darius Shepard or Malik Taylor, one of those guys, uh, Robert Tanyan, tight end, Jay Sternberger. Someone makes a play for them there, but I don't think it's going to, I think Valdez Cantley will go like four for 96 or something like that, but he's not going to take over the way people would hope if you picked him up. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why a guy with his size and speed 
went all, dropped all the way to the fifth round of the draft. Yeah, that's what we're really that's what we're talking about. You know, we talked about that uh, idea that the better the the more athletic the guy is, the worse of a football player he is in the same round because it means obviously if you're taking the same round as somebody else and you're the better athlete, there must be some reason why they got you know considered why they were considered as good as you. Right. And it's probably because they're better at football. You're better in the, you know, the training camp, the underwear Olympics, and they're better at the skills. And uh, it was Scott Barrett or somebody did a study. He looked at it, or, or maybe it was this guy, Adam Harstead, who he works with or something, did a study and showed that, like, if you, like, you know, adjust for round, because round, you know, entails opportunity also. You can't say, well, fifth rounder is better than the first rounder because the first rounder is going to get a lot of chances. Right. But the less, the, the less athletic the guy was, the better he did, I think, you know, because – you're, because and you think the reverse would be true, but it's like, oh well, he was only a second rounder because he's really good. Yeah, uh, that's that's right. I think that that whole theory is accurate. Uh, I'm looking at his uh, metrics. Like he is a four three seven at the combine in the forty. Yeah, I mean, six that, foot four. He's six foot four, Jeff. He's I like know. Two ten. It's like that's like Randy Moss, DJ Chark, AJ Green. Yeah. Actually, AJ Green's not even quite that fast. I don't think that's like that kind of it certainly isn't tall, anymore. Thin, yeah. Yeah. Tall, well, yeah, he's like four eight right now, but like tall, thin, rangy, go up and catch anything. I mean, that's that's the build of, you know, some archetypal superstar historic receivers, and uh, and you know he's had long enough that it's not him. Right. Uh, that, that's right. Uh, you never know. I want to say you never know. It could be a psychological thing, and he get over it, and he's great, but. Even psychological things are just as hard to cure as physical things sometimes. Well, and the thing is, it is telling that he wasn't able to shake coverage last week with Adams out. One catch, five yards, in four targets. And he, he said something to the effect of, well, now I see what Devontae's looking at every week. Like he was elevating himself to that role almost. It was like, yeah, they probably you probably saw tougher coverage, but and because I don't think Lattimore was hurt during that game, but right. yeah, I don't think he, Adams would have been shut down that the same degree. Let's not equate ourselves here, uh, but yeah, it's like it, it's like uh, you know the, the old joke: uh, Hank and Tommy Aaron combined for X number of homers, and all, you know it's it's always that. Uh, yeah, it's the second guy. Oh well, me and Devonte combined for yeah. you know, this number of targets and catches. Uh, yeah, well, give me a quick uh, prediction on the two Monday night games. That'll be nice and stale by the time people listen into and or watch this. Yeah, or I'll get the number exactly right, and they'll accuse us of uh, doctoring the uh, the timeline of this. I, I never read it. In. Don't hit it's it's safe. Yeah, so I got to look at uh, beating the book. I got to look at. I got to actually look up my exact number because I want to be true to it. Um, I am a little nervous about the survivor pick because, again, like it all it all went against me in terms of the guys who were playing. Uh, I had thirty five twenty four Packers. Okay. Okay, and uh, what about the Chiefs uh, Chiefs Pats? Well, the prediction I made was with Newton. It was 29-24 okay. well, Chiefs. Tell me what you would be ne- you make it now because you know, we kind of did gloss over that whole Hoyer I'll go 29, 29 to 20 okay. Chiefs, 29-20. All right. And you did do force the bet money line pre-cam COVID test yeah. on me on that one there. but You're lucky that it locked in uh, when it did because it would be a lot bigger now. The money yeah, line. that's right. That's right. And I'll tell you what, you probably find pretty good odds. Yeah, in fact – I'm I'm intrigued. I got to look it up now and see what odds you would be getting now with our you know unique system of stripping out the vig too. So money line is Chiefs minus six sixty, Pats uh, plus four eighty. That's what eleven forty total. Uh, five five seventy. So five seventy. 
You could have gotten only reached payout with one win. I know, I know. Yeah, I wish that'd be a fun free roll to have tonight. But fortunately, I've I still get like forty six bucks or something like that. Right. Well, and we the, the thing is, yeah, you're already ahead the ten bucks because I picked the Lions, and for about five minutes, I was looking good. It was fourteen nothing after five minutes in the, of game time, and then all of a sudden, thirty five consecutive points later, not unanswered. That's an announcer pet peeve of mine, by the way. Unanswered versus consecutive. It's consecutive. If the game's over, you can say unanswered, but it's consecutive. You could say not yet answered. Yes. But uh, 35, not yet answered. Uh, But consecutive is a little more economical, I would say. Yeah, it's it's correct. Also, yeah, uh, it has the advantage of being correct. All right. Before we move on with other big news and other banter, quick note from Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market on which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say, I've had stock in this player since day one? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. You had stock in Patrick Mahomes' rookie year. You knew this would happen. Now it's reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit PredictionStrike.com to create an account. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. Each game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his projection, his stock moves up. It's that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Get started today by visiting PredictionStrike.com and sign up with code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more. We saw two big injury running back injuries this week, Chris. You One affects you directly, one does not at all. The first being Nick Chubb, out six weeks minimum with the sprained, well, not minimum, but estimated six weeks with the sprained MCL, already placed on IR by the Browns. Yeah, Chubb, I thought he was just the floor pick of the year. You know, second round, was going to get 300 carries and, you know, 14 touchdowns, 13 touchdowns. 13, 1400 yards, just total beast. He wasn't going to catch a lot. He's going to get 20 catches or something probably, but he was going to be basically Derrick Henry for a second round price. And he was doing it right. He had four touchdowns, basically three games and he was getting a hundred yards a game. He was on pace for all that. And just bad luck. MCLs usually are like four to six weeks. So I'm surprised they said six, uh, you know, maybe it's a more severe sprain. You know, we talked to Stefania Bell. She's always like, there's degrees. So right. maybe you got like a second degree or a severe second degree, but MCL is not ACL. Right. So and I if it's Chris back. Carson, you miss zero weeks. Uh, but I, yeah, but that was one thing Stefania also said is, I need to know like where in the, the, the MCL was it, where, you know, where exactly was the injury? What was it exactly? What, what do, you know, what sort of terror there was? And she could she could be more, uh, and the teams are never going to reveal that, of course. Uh, but when when you do have that sort of information, it's a big deal. Uh, you know that that's one thing. The other uh, too is you know looking at Chubb, you know misses out on this monster game. He was six for forty three before the injury. Oh, he's going to go crazy. He's going to get two hundred yards and three touchdowns. Dallas is bad when it comes to stopping the run or anything, stopping anything really. They face the Colts and the Steelers the next two weeks. Those are two good teams against the run. So, you know, Kareem Hunt's going to obviously take a, a big upgrade in in stock. And then also, you know, DeErnest Johnson, Dontrell Hilliard would, are going to be pickups this week. Johnson had a pretty big game last week against the Cowboys or yesterday against the Cowboys. Uh, but 
you know, you step into a pretty much uh, a tougher mat, tougher matchups here. Yeah. Um, their offensive line is pretty good now run blocking, but it will be tougher going. And if he was going to, it sucks that he got hurt in the first quarter, but it, it you know, if he's going to miss a couple of games, you know, it's against the tougher competition and then hopefully, you know, he beats the timetable, but as Pianowski always says, never get optimistic about injury timetables. It just sounds like a lot, like six weeks, like right out, right out yeah. of the gate for an MCL, but you know, they know more than I do. It was framed uh, though. Is it, you know, the first thing I heard is, Oh, it's not going to end his year. Oh, you were thinking about that. You know, that, right. that was the framework that, that caught well, my eye. Part of it's the IR. I, the IR is kind of annoying me. Like when you were on IR, it used to be you're out for the year. That right. was it. And, or there's one person that could return. Right. But that was the second, initially you're out for the year. Then they added the one person that could return. And it was like after like week nine or something, you had like a window to practice and get going. And now it's like this three month free for three week free for all where IR doesn't really, it means he's not playing the next couple of weeks, but it doesn't mean he could be out for the year or he could be out temporarily. And you don't mm-hmm. know, you don't know to cut him yet because, you know, so you're just going by the stuff. This, this is just, I don't know. Chubb is uh 20. How old is he? He, uh, he's born 95. He's 20. He's 24 right now. So I think he's young enough. I don't know. I'm going to get optimistic and then we, you know, just hold on to him and in week 10, he'll be back and get him back for those, uh, fantasy playoffs and, you know, in the, uh, NFFC leagues. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of a tough call, but at least in the NFFC, you got 10 man benches. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to drop them. Right. Uh, and then hopefully, like your other leagues, you get IR spots, uh, and so you can hold on, like I like I do in Yahoo. Uh, so I, at least I'll have a chance there to kind of get those guys back. Uh, other huge one, Austin Eckler, out four to six weeks. He's got a hamstring injury and a hyperextended knee. It's a grade two hamstring strain. I did see that. They're uh, they're going to seek a second medical opinion. He is on IR also, uh, so you're looking at least until November. Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson are going to step in as the next two backs. Uh, Kelly lost a fumble. Big play in that ta- that loss. Second Tampa. fumble he's lost this year also. And both of them were very impactful too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, both those guys will get a shot. I want to see if they dump off and who gets the dump offs because that's where the money is in PPR leagues. And Herbert will check down. And he looks yeah. good. Looks like a credible passing attack. I mean, like Mike Davis. I picked him up when I lost Barkley and – he's done what I basically would have been happy with, with Barkley so far last couple of weeks. It's like, he's really been good. Oh, he's awesome. And obviously McCaffrey's coming back soon. And, but not next week. Well, he can't, it was weird because he's on IR. He couldn't anyhow, but they kind of affirmatively said he will not be back in week five. Okay. Got it. Well, it's funny. They won a couple of games. There's no reason to rush him. And, so anyway, I, I wonder if McCaffrey's going to you know get a lighter workload coming off an injury with a, a viable uh, timeshare guy with him now. But anyway, it's it's he should yeah, yeah they absolutely should especially with the amount of money they invested in him yeah and they're two and two I mean they're they're still contending right now uh, so they have to give him you know, they can't just like punt this year we thought this was a punt year for them maybe but it's not it's not yet it might turn out to be but they're right. they're two and two. Uh, but yeah, they, you know, they can mix it up. It's going to make him not quite as valuable, although he's going to be like, he'll turn into Camara where he just gets like a hundred catches and gets all the easy points. He might not get as many, like, you know, the rough, uh, carries Mike Davis will get those. Yeah. But you know, you wonder if in, in Los Angeles, whether, you know, he's Mike Davis, not as good as Christian McCaffrey and Jackson and, um, Kelly aren't as good as Eckler, but 
maybe they can do what Mike Davis has done and approximate that production, you know, in a low end level. Yeah, I'll say this. Uh, I, you know, I, I did the rewatch of that game. In fact, I chose that one as my first one. I wanted to, instead of like going in just in like chronological order and, you know, eating my vegetables first when I did my rewatches, like I really want to watch this game. You know, see every play. And so I made a point of it. Uh, Kelly, I mean, didn't run very well at all between the tackles. Actually, neither of them did. Uh, Kelly had three for 26 in uh, the passing game. Jackson, two for 12. They, those, they caught each of their targets. So very limited number of targets. But this is also where the Chargers didn't have the ball that much. Remember, they had the pick six. So in the first quarter, it was pretty much like three drives to one and a couple of long drives for the Bucks. Uh, then they, they had a couple big plays. And so they didn't have much. They didn't have this like the grinded out sort of thing. They, they hit on big plays or they did very little. They had the fumble to start a drive at the end of the second quarter. led to the Bucks getting that second touchdown. That was on Kelly. Uh, that was pretty bad. And, you know, that, that was a huge game-changing play. It was 24-7. They could have gone into the half at that instead. Oh, I remember that. That was terrible. It was yeah. terrible. Horrible. He just blew it. They just blew it 24-7. I mean, that, that would have been a dominant lead, and it was 24-14. It's like a game all of a sudden. Yeah. And then they went three and out to start the third quarter, two running plays up the middle, and then a sack. And so they barely had the ball then. Their defense got gassed. Uh, that, that's pretty much what happened in this game. Uh, you know, Brady did well, uh, for the most part. Uh, and you know, I think the defense just got worn out huge, but huge swing of events there. Uh, and then nine minutes left in the game, Anthony Lynn had another bad punt. You know, it wasn't a horrific punt, but fourth and one from their own 34, nine minutes left. They ran two offensive plays after that punt because the Pats had this long grinded out drive to get a field goal. They, Rojo got a lot of carries during that drive. So even though he was kind of replaced somewhat in the passing game, he had three drops, two with two of which that counted. But he got nine targets. Yeah, and he got targeted after some of his drops too. Uh, but he ran the ball phenomenally well. Uh, like they 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 just grinded up so much clock. Brady, the pro they was, they're up thirty five thirty one. They took that took that play clock down to five seconds almost every time. You know, it was just boom, 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 and. Next thing you know, they're they're down touchdown with less than two minutes left. Herbert throws an interception under pressure. The one mistake he made makes all game. And meanwhile, Anthony Lynn's already saying he's not promising that Herbert will be the starter this week. You know, they they, they really kind of set on this. You don't lose your job to an injury sort of thing. I think he's going to die on that hill, and he's going to die. He's going to lose his job if, if that happens. Because the Chargers, how many? They have one win against the bank against the Bengals so far, and that win was uh, a. Very lucky win where right. AJ Green should have had a touchdown and then the missed field goal. They could easily be 0 4. They could and easily be 4 0, though, too. That's the funny thing. They connect on that ladder, well, on the, the hook Chiefs, and ladder, the they win. Game, not really. The Chiefs game, not really. Chiefs game was an 0. They, they were winning the whole game. They went to overtime. Yeah, they go for I, it on fourth down and overtime. Who yeah, knows? Maybe, maybe they try. Yeah, maybe right. Maybe right. Yeah, they could, that could be They're competitive in every single game. That's my point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they, they, right. But they're okay. So that's fair. That's a fair point. So they are what yeah. they are. They're one and three. They could go on either way. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you draft a guy sixth overall, and you a totally botch who he is. You you think oh he's not nearly ready. Forget about it. Taylor's the starter. Taylor is obviously a stopgap. Tyrod Taylor has been around like for like eight years or right. something like that, and he's barely been in the league the last couple of years. He's barely taken any snaps, and. So he, 
he's not your future. He's not the guy you're building around. And you, and, and you know that obviously. And so you draft a guy with the sixth pick in the yep. draft and you don't even realize that this guy who you drafted is really good, but why'd you draft him? I don't know. You know, and the rookie, you know, contract that clock ticks and you need to, you need to get that huge advantage over the rest of the league where you have a competent quarterback at rookie prices and the salary cap room to, you know, expend at other positions. That's how you win. And they weren't even going to see what they had. So they're going to throw that away that first year completely and not really know. It's like he's a rookie hazer, you know, like there's some coaches that you got to, you know, Mac Patricia seems to be cut out of that school too, where the rookies got to earn his spot. And, you know, I don't care if you draft, if they, if my, my general manager drafted this guy six overall, I'm just, he's got to earn it. Now let's see what he's got. it's, it's, It's like not paying attention to the, the structure in which you compete in the NFL with the salary structure. And so you got to find out. So not only did he totally miss this guy's talent that they invested in, I mean, the, the book was, this guy's not nearly ready. So just forget about him. Tyron Taylor's the guy. Taylor, horrible what happened to him. Totally unfair to him. You know, it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. But you get this guy thrown into the wolves with no prep. You know, he didn't even know until the game started. And he deals for like three games. The guy's been good. He's been really good. He makes a nice throws. He's been under pressure against good defense. He's in Tampa, loses Eckler, doesn't have Mike Williams, and puts up 300 yards and 11 yards per attempt against a tough defense on the road without his key guys. I mean, this is a player, or it looks like it, at least we don't know for sure, but it looks like it. Yeah. And now you're going to bring back some journeyman uh, placeholder guy because it's, I mean, it is unfair. But as I said, Geno Smith got punched in the face, lost his job to Fitzpatrick. And that was it. Geno Smith's career was over. He was a backup for the Giants, never got a shot. You got that one shot when Eli got benched and got uh, McAdoo fired. So I'll always like Geno Smith for that. But um, he never got a shot. And, and you know, it's like, it's, was that fair that he got punched in the face after he had won the job in camp? No, it's totally unfair. But, you know, unfortunate and sad as that is, you're a football team. Like you drafted this guy, you're trying to win, you're trying to develop your team for the future. You you can't worry. Go sue the doctor. You know, settle with them. That's all legit. Well, but like, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because Jake Glazer on uh, had a report on the Fox pregame show yesterday, and he was saying, well, one of the things that, or maybe it was last week actually, and he was saying, well, there's there's some legal liability concerns. A, a guy loses his job off of a medical mistake like this. Uh, you can't do that. You know, it's grounds for you know a lawsuit or grounds. You know, it's it's grounds for them. You know, fi- if finding in favor of Taylor if there's a lawsuit that happens. I wonder what sort of background is it? is is Lynn being instructed by the ownership oh, yeah. slash front office to say you know to say all this and do the, all this? Does Taylor have to lose the job on the field itself? He might. So right, they might. Legal is telling us it's and you know I mean Spanos like that guy's so cheap and he moved oh, yeah. into L.A. That whole thing. So he might be like, oh, wait, wait, how much could this cost? Well, it might cost us 20, 30 mil. You know, and, we don't have any fans in the stands. I'm cash yeah. poor right now. Yeah. My ex-wife, you know, is demanding so much money. My redheaded stepchild is needs money for college. I can't take it anymore. I bought I had to donate a whole wing to this college to get this guy in, even though he's totally dumb. Yeah. But you know, when I donated the wing, that, that's costing me. Yeah. You know, these guys have problems. So. You're right. It could be that. That would be really funny if poor Anthony Lynn, then he's getting thrown under the bus looking like an idiot uh, for you know taking one for the team when ownership is just trying to cover their ass. But yeah, stranger things have happened than that. I don't. We don't know for sure that that's happening, but you know maybe that's a thing. Oh, and I, I've got uh, Herbert in uh, Superflex League, and I dropped Taylor this week, and I might, I might have to go after him again because I like I'm starting Hoyer for crying out loud. 
Uh, and I had to trade for Hoyer to do that. I traded Frank Gore, so whatever. Uh, right. But, you know, it's still, it's like, because I, I also am waiting for Garoppolo. And you know, I, di- I didn't get Mullins. I'm thankful for that now. But here you are. You know, it's, it's one of those things. I'm like, I don't want to have to deal with this. Yeah, it's annoying. I mean, I think the, the problem is, okay, so if the owner, I mean, Spanos is despised, right, by his own fan base. But yeah. the owner, if the owner, if this is really why they have to kind of pull strings and, and get rid of this lawsuit, whoever it is, I would not want to be either Anthony Lynn or the owner, depending on who it is that's calling the shots here on this. If they sit Herbert, the fans are going to go bananas. Whatever, whichever ones are left, Josh Ross, whoever else likes the Chargers yeah. anymore. They're going to go bananas because it's so obvious this kid is the real thing, and, and or at least he looks like it, and you got to give him his you know experience. And if Tyrod Taylor starts and has a bad game or just has an okay game, but it's just a ho-hum, you know, caretaker stuff, uh, it's it, – it, I mean, whatever fans are left are going to be so pissed. Yeah, that's right. If it's just one game, I kind of get it. But what if Taylor has a good game? Then all of a sudden you got this conundrum. You've got this – oh. We won. We're two and zero with Taylor. We're zero and three with Herbert. Look at the right. score. You know, like you right. know, there's going to be those sort of hot takes. The it's yeah, the Bill O'Brien yeah. thinking tree. Yeah, it's 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 a little dangerous. I mean, Taylor's probably okay. It's just he's not the answer. Just move once you found what might be the answer. You just move on and don't look back. That's right. That's it. It's over. You know, it's like come on. You, you don't you don't like you know if Alex Smith somehow like comes back and starts for the Redskins like. I mean, the football team comes back and plays all right. Like they're still going to draft a quarterback next year. You know, it's like, it's not like you'd be like, Oh, that's the solution. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, and the thing is like, I watch like I watched the game. He made one bad throw the entire game. He wasn't missing guys. You know, he, and he threw some dimes too. Yeah. That long play to Guyton was off his back foot. You know, in traffic, you know, under pressure, and hit it right on, right in stride. The early touchdown to a guy that came off the taxi squad, Johnson, perfect in stride. He hit Allen for some nice plays. Allen made some nice catches too. Uh, yeah. You know, point is he wasn't missing guys. He was on. He was making He's some a- good throws. Smooth, easy motion. You see him throw. He just slings it nice and easy. Yeah, it's really- easy velocity. That's right. Yeah. It's like Dan Marino style. You know, he just like flips his wrist and the thing zips down the field. I know that's a Josh Allen has that pump. too. Yeah. Josh Allen well, Josh had some Allen throws yesterday. It's just like, zip. I was like, whoa, he yeah. barely, you know, he barely exerted himself on that. Yeah. And Marino used to like flip his wrist and the thing would go, you know, on a, on a beam, like yeah. 45 yards on the field. Mahomes has that obviously too, where it just, it doesn't even look like he's throwing it hard. Yeah. Mahomes has a cannon though for, you know, if he winds up and steps into yeah. it, but that's right. Um, all right. Quick note uh, from Stable Duel uh, before we move on. Are you dominating your fantasy football league? Well, now there is another game for you need, that you need to play. Imagine fantasy for horse racing. Stable Duel is live with daily contests offering thousands of dollars to be won each week. Download the Stable Duel app, create your account, and start selecting your horses today. Compete against other players for winner's circle glory and big money prizes. New to racing? Not to worry. Stable Duel is simple and fun with low-level entries and big payouts. Name your stable, select 10 horses within your bankroll, and watch each horse accumulate points depending on where they finish. Invite friends to compete against and show them who dominates at all sports, including the sport of kings. Download the Stable Duel app and build your stable today. Get in the action of Stable Duel. Play. Race. 
win. Thanks to Stable Duel. At first, when I started reading, I was like, Stable Genius. No, it's like the horse stable, <laughs> but you know. Uh-oh. But uh, uh, so, a couple of things I wanted to bring up. First of all, I'm st- I, you know how you fast on Mondays? Yeah. I'm doing that too now. I decided to try nice. that out. I've been nice. doing that all day today. I've been eating all day, dude. I'm eight hours ahead of you, so I'm almost time to go to sleep after this, wake up, and uh, break it. But nice. Good for you, man. Are you, you crushing a big breakfast good? on Tuesday mornings then, or how do you do uh, that? Sometimes I like go till noon on Tuesday. I mean, I've gone longer, but typically uh, on Tuesday I'll I'll have a you know I, I always I usually fast I try to fast till noon most days and just drink black coffee mm-hmm. and I put uh, you might people might find this disgusting but um, but this is a thing you know bulletproof coffee they put butter and I put ghee ghee is like butter it's clarified butter it's Indian uh, it's really healthy and you just it's like cream but it's you know it's cheaper and it's uh, healthier. So I put a big scoop of that in my coffee. So I've just got this pure fat uh, in the black coffee. Tastes delicious. Wakes me up. And then at some point, because I've fasted the day before, like 10 or 11, I may like check out what's in the fridge and I'll eat like a, you know, I'll usually eat like some cheese and or cheese or some leftovers, like some Sasha and Heather cook Monday night and I'll eat whatever's left over. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I eat, you know, a decent amount. I don't go, I don't think you want to stuff your face immediately. I think you want right. to eat like, Eat what you want. One day is not going to – when I fasted for a week this winter, um, I realized I couldn't even eat meat. Like I couldn't even – I didn't have the enzymes to like eat a steak even though I wanted a steak. That's why. So I had like some vegetable soup. You know, you like lose the – you can't just eat a giant steak after not eating for a week. Like your body can't – you know, it loses the capacity. So um, – but, you know, after like three or four days, you get back to normal. But you got to ease into it. But one day I think your stomach could eat pretty much whatever you want. Do you do like vitamins on the day you're fasting or anything? No, I do vitamins like during the week, but when I'm fasting, I try not to do anything because I feel like it's fine to do vitamins. It's not going to really screw up your fast as long as you're not taking any calories. But um, I just feel like why just clean out the system completely? Don't tinker with it too much. The only thing I have is black coffee or like a tea, unsweetened tea, obviously water. So that's it. Okay. Good to know. Nice, man. Nice, man. Yeah. It's really good for you. And also, it's cool because you're like hungry, and then by the end of the day, you're kind of like you kind of enjoy the feeling of being hungry and like feeling really that I clean. Eat it. That's what I want to feel yeah. like. And, and the next morning, you wake up and you're not that hungry in the morning. Like you're hungry at night, and then you wake up and you forgot that you even fasted. I don't know. I'm maybe adjusted by now, but like you may wake up tomorrow and be like, "Oh yeah, I didn't eat." You might feel totally normal and feel good. So good for you, man. Yeah, trying it. it. We'll see. Uh, and I, I just read a lot that you know that's it's intermittent fasting is good for you. Eating between twelve and six is good for you. Yeah, very things good. like that. Uh, I don't know how how good I'll be at that, but I haven't eaten great lately. You know, had like a daughter's birthday, so of course yeah. all the 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 stuff that comes with that, right. and went out to dinner. Of course, we'll order dessert. Sure, why not? Yeah. Well, okay, I'm gonna take a little break from that for a while, and we'll see. Once a week fasting is so good. First of all, you save money, right? Like you're like getting paid to get healthier and in better shape. Just it's like a good it's a good deal. And to appreciate food more when you do eat it. It's like it's just such a win-win. And all it is is a little bit of like, oh, I want to eat. Normally I just grab something, but I'm not doing that. It's like such a minor when you get used to it, you're like, yeah, I'm hungry, but like such a minor sacrifice. I think dinner will be the tough part, you know, sitting down with the family yeah. while they're eating. Yeah. That'll be the tough part. Smelling yeah. the food, seeing yeah. it. That that'll be tricky. But you know, me, lunch actually. is fine. We're usually on our own for that anyhow. So that that that's like all part, you know. I'm not like changing the routine or anything, but uh we'll see. Uh, okay, back to football. 
couple other things that caught my eye. Well, first of all, we didn't talk Bengals at all on the XM Series XM show today. So, got to talk about that a little bit. They looked pretty good. Joe Mixon had finally had a good game. They threw to him six targets. Gio Bernard got zero targets in this game. Now, right. now granted, you're playing with a lead. It's a lot different. Go figure. But they also made a change at the offensive line, and I think that mattered too. They put in Alex Redman at right guard. He was, he was hurt at the beginning of the year. They activated him. Uh, and so he was starting at right guard and, you know, they, they, Billy Price, the guy they took as a center as in the first round, like three years ago, and been, was kind of, is now like the backup right guard. He was getting beaten around in the previous games. And I think that was a big difference too. Yeah. I really like put him back on track for what his projections were. You know, it was like, he was so behind. He had such, yeah. Mixon had such a slow start and now it's like, all right, we didn't know it would all come in one week, but he hadn't scored a, t- a touchdown of any kind before this week. It's crazy. Right, and then three. early in the game, they got to a sequence went on the one. They got stopped like once, uh, and then they threw the pass to Sample in the end zone and went off the guy's helmet, and, and Miles Jack outfought him for the ball. That was the only interception Burrow had, and that was all on Sample. You know, that was a bad sample. So yeah. Large sample, though, too. Yeah. But the, the thing is that, uh, yeah, Burrow looks like the real deal. I mean, he's – it's the, the offense, maybe it's the line. It hasn't been crisp. Like, you see, like, Burrow – Mm-hmm. kind of running for his life, taking hits. He's he's not like, you know, Justin Herbert looks a little more like the offense looks a little smoother in, in, in uh, Los Angeles than the Bengals. But I don't know if the offensive line gets better and Mixon starts making them having, have to deal with the run a little bit and be a threat in the passing game. Things may open, but I think AJ green, tell me if you disagree. I thought this before the season, but that's it. It's over for AJ green. We have a AJ green versus Tyler Boyd side bet that oh, I, oh. you know, I might as well just pay you now, but buy out. Buy out. Ask for a yeah. If it's ten dollars, I'll ask for a nine dollar and fifty nine dollars and fifty cent buyout or something. Uh, you're you're right. He looks looks pretty crispy, uh, and you know he only got one catch. And there was a lot of times where I didn't hear his name. You know Higgins and Burrow have already fil- uh, you know formed this bond, and you know let's face it, Green missed a lot of training camp. I think that's a big deal. But it's not, he's not even the biggest loser. There's John Ross has been inactive the last two weeks. Right. He, he was a you know this is it's not a bad it's not a great time for Trade former Bengals first round picks. Trade him to the Eagles for a fourth rounder. So, you know who says no? Probably the Eagles. But you know it's like the guy is yeah top. He wasn't a first round pick. He was a top ten pick. He was like seventh overall. Yeah, right? something like that. Insane or ninth overall. But he was very high pick, and he's one of those guys like we said like this if you're that fast you may have gotten by without being that good at football right you know he's because he's been hurt a lot of his career and i just don't yeah. think he's the same guy anymore yeah i mean yeah, and that, maybe that yeah. Yeah, that's what happens beauty fades yeah. speed fades strength fades yeah. whatever you're if yeah. you you know you have to have the acumen to go along with the physical talent and right it, you, you got to, I mean, football is not for most humans, NFL football, right? You know, it's like, right. it's you hard. may be blessed with four, two, two speed, but your body may not be able to be designed for getting crushed. Right. You know, and that's, that's it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, Jacksonville looks like a hot mess though, too. And it didn't help. They lost CJ Henderson in this game. They lost miles Jack in this game. Those are two big injuries offensively their offensive line wasn't didn't give Minshew a whole lot of time for the second week in a row they had 10 days to prepare for this game too yeah uh it was funny i took the Bengals in in being the book and i felt a little weird about it but i in the end i was like yeah jacksonville had that one game against indy it was weird i, I can't believe i lost in survivor jacksonville against indy 
I mean, yeah. Indy looks so much better now, and Jacksonville has lost all their games since. It was just this weird thing. And, and Jacksonville looked good geez. against Tennessee, too, though. That was the other thing. They did look good in week two against Tennessee, and then they looked very bad against the Dolphins, and they didn't look great. I mean, Minshew looked all right, and Chark is a star. I think he's going to be a, a big-time receiver. But, I mean, he is a big-time receiver. Yeah. But, yeah, they're, the Bengals took control of the game in the second half. Yeah, they did. Uh, so, yeah, I was happy to see that. Doug Marone doesn't know the whole time management thing. You know, so desperate to try. They're down 11, trying to score that touchdown to make it, you know, to get because, hey, we got a chance to score a touchdown. It took it all the way down to like seven seconds, 10 seconds where they finally, he finally said, conceded, said, okay, I'll kick the field goal so we can try to get the onside kick. But there was no time left anyhow. It was really bad clock management. I always, I was like, thank you for that. Appreciate you. Yeah. He's not splitting the atom either. No, he isn't. He, he's in that bin of coaches. One of the yeah. five worst, 25 five worst coaches in the NFL. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so uh, your Giants played good defense. Uh, Dimes had was really a struggle early, but was moving the ball late uh, and then had that pick at the end of the game. He was playing okay. Um, the, the, the booth was really on his case for staring down receivers, but he was doing that and also holding the ball too long. His instinct, he's, he can make all the throws. He's a really good athlete. He's tough. He's courageous he's not afraid to make a mistake i really like the guy but maybe the, the knock on him that if he doesn't succeed is going to be that he just doesn't have the feel for when rushers are around him and that feel for like looking away the you know looking away the defender and then you know throwing back to his receiver after looking off the state he doesn't have that touch that feel his throws are fine his, his accuracy and his um arm strength all that's great it's just he there's something missing with him uh, but he engineered this drive against the Rams. The Giants defense played great. They're, those front guys like Dalvin Tomlinson um, and um, Leonard Williams, those guys are, you know, that front is tough. Yeah. Um, but, but the problem is that, uh, and they lost, you know, they lost a couple guys. They lost um, Xavier McKinney, who was their, was the sec- early second round safety. That was supposedly the best safety in the draft. and was right. going to be their top guy. And uh, I don't know if you can hear this garbage truck in the background. I left the door open. And it's super loud. Um, anyway, but it's a garbage uh, take. It's a garbage take. But so so the defense should even be better. But it, you know, and even when they got blown out, you know, against San Francisco, it held up for a bit. It was a close game, and then the you know the wheels came off in the second half because the offense simply couldn't move the ball. But but this game. Devonta Freeman made some moves and catches some runs. Wayne Gallman made some catches and runs on the 26 yard Gallman run. Saquon would have taken to the house. He had a lane and he's just not fast. Um, they look credible like the offensive line, the blocking, uh, golden Tate had some drops. Shepard had an early drop. Ingram just never, I saw one play where he got free and then went out of bounds. It's like a good player, like tiptoes along the sideline, 10 more yards. It's just, he doesn't have that, like that instinct, but right. But, you know, they had it and they had a final drive then after they, they gave that one play to Cooper Cup on a third down that really, you know, gave the Rams an eight point lead. And they were driving and Dimes made an incredible escape and a 20 yard run slid. And it was another it was like a second down and they had about like 25 yard line. And he, and he was rolling and I was like, oh, you can run for another first down. And there's like 40 seconds left. Get out of bounds. You had timeouts. A timeout was no problem. And he freaking throws it, telegraphs it. And the DB made a great break on the ball and an incredible interception. But. Dude, just come on, just run it, just just run it. And yeah, so it's frustrating. It, it, again, physical gifts. Feel for the game, not always quite there. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, you know uh, the the jury's out. I still like him, but if he doesn't, 
improve on that front, get a quarterback next year. I mean, you know, you can't hold on to these guys. Are you for tanking for Trevor? Uh, no, I think they should try to develop Jones. I think Jones still has the the base of being a good quarterback and maybe a very good quarterback. He's always had bad offensive lines. We had injured skill players, but yeah. so don't tank. But like, if they decide in like week eleven that this guy is a basket case and we can't, he's just there's there's a there's one you know chip missing from his brain that we need. Then I wouldn't say tank, but you know start getting experimental and having fun with it. Uh, but if, uh, but I'd still stick with Daniel. I'd still hope for Daniel Jones to be the guy and just take the best player available. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I thought the most interesting part of that, uh, the most interesting story emanating from that game had to be the beef between Golden Tate and uh, Jalen Ramsey oh. though. I love that. That's so funny. So they got into a fight. There was some rough play. Apparently Jalen Ramsey, I think this is true, but yeah. this is just what I read impregnated, uh, Golden Tate's sister and then didn't twice. want to have anything to do with it. Oh, twice. Oh, okay. <laughs> twice. So he's got two kids. But the thing is, the thing is, I, I don't, and, and I've seen like people comment like, Oh, I mean, of course, Golden Tate wanted to kick his ass, but it's like, you don't know people's personal relationships. You don't know exactly what's going on there. Like you can't sit from the outside and say, Oh, he did this Golden Tate, go kill him. Like, cause who knows like what she's like, what the relationship is. You, you have no idea. Golden Tate uh, has some other stuff in his past too. I, oh, he's done some other things too. And I don't want to spread rumors, but I, I'll, you know, we could talk about it off the air. But the point is, um, yeah, so these dudes are both, you know, alphas and they, you know, they don't take any shit and, you know, and, and there's this thing going on and maybe so golden take. So they got into this brawl after the game and then apparently uh, it kept going. And then apparently Jalen Ramsey was waiting outside the Giants locker yep. room yep. to keep it going later, which I respect, obviously. And, you know, I just I, I tweeted about this, you know, the real man. What can I, I I mean, a real man makes this a multi-generational blood feud. You know, this shouldn't end here. Right. Don't let this go, Jeff. Someone does that. This is your grandkids are killing each other, That's you know, right. 50, 60 years from now over this. This is a serious long-term thing. Yeah. And meanwhile, uh, the Giants, for their part, said Tate was just defending himself. So uh, I don't know. There'll be no fine for that. So we'll see about yeah. what happens with that. Tate also has once stolen, uh, you know, did steal uh, maple leaf buns or whatever, uh, maple buns from a donut shop. I know that was oh. part, that part was true. I think that was. Oh, I, I heard another thing that was way more. Uh, relevant to this example, but I don't know. If I have heard so that too, gonna, by the way, yeah, but, yeah. uh, anyways, so yeah, platinum, we got to call this guy platinum Tate. This guy is legit. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Auden Tate, golden Tate. Just remember that. Yeah. AU. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else uh, you're working on for East coast offense you want to talk about? Yeah. I, I I'm realizing that this is the thing we talked about in XM, but this is my big thesis that I'm going to lay out is that, the NFL has changed in the last five to 10 years with these quarterback rules. And you know how like the NBA, like the three point line was like instituted in the eighties, but like it wasn't until like 10 years ago that the rockets and warriors started being like, Oh, this thing called the three point line where you get 50% more points when you make it. If we just master shooting from beyond there, we can dominate. No, we mm-hmm. can just go crazy. Why are we shooting 60, you know, 52% from two when I can shoot 40% from three and it's worth so much more. Okay. It's worth 60%. Right. So, Wow. But it took a huge lag between the rule change and the and the optimization of it. And I kind of feel like these quarterback rules where you can't touch the quarterback, can't hit him high, can't let him low. If he slides, you can't hit him. What? Wait a second. It's a whole different world now yeah. for quarterbacks. And I think that because of that, mobile quarterbacks are gold now. Like, you know, you had Steve McNair. He was great. But then he got beat up so badly, he stopped running much. And Steve Young got concussed like crazy. And Steve Young was still, like, you know, amazing. So was McNair. 
but they really made you pay for that advantage with, with long, you know, the short your career and made it really nasty. And so, um, with these new rules, the mobile quarterback is gold and it doesn't, you know, Lamar Jackson's one example, but it doesn't have to be that it could be Pat Mahomes, the, the scrambles, Danny dimes that Wentz killed the 49ers with scrambles. Burroughs made some good scrambles. Aaron Rodgers has done it. Even that level, you're not getting, you're not paying a price for this whole different option that you have to, uh, even when you lose at the line of scrimmage to still win the play, which is just so devastating. And the best breeze or Brady or those guys can do is throw the ball away in a way that skirts the grounding rule. You know, it's so cheap, but they mastered it and you're like, okay, they, they lost the down. They didn't take a loss. That's the best those guys can do. Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, these guys, they get gains, they get first downs. They have backbreaking things that extend drives. And I just think that that, so you look at the 2018 drafters like, Oh, Mayfield, Darnold, Rosen, these are the three top prospects in that draft. And when the Bills took Josh Allen, they were mocked for it. They're like, who's this athletic prospect that you're taking? This guy looks right. like a quarterback, like in a poster, but this guy can't actually play quarterback. He's too raw. Lamar Jackson, is he even a quarterback? Well, who are the best two quarterbacks by far from the 2018 class? It's Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Get the athlete. If, if you know they have a good work ethic like Jackson and Allen, they'll, they'll learn enough polish as a passer with their great running skills and they're they're two of the you know more valuable commodities in the NFL now. And so don't draft the guy you think is, oh, Josh Rosen, look how polished he is. Look how polished Mayfield is. Look how polished Darnold is. No, draft the athlete. I think we're in a paradigm shift at quarterback, and, uh, and we're seeing it around the league. And if you're, if you're not an elite, not even elite, if you're not a competent scrambler that can hurt a defense with your legs, you better be an elite pocket passer, not Derek Carr. Derek Carr is never going to be good enough. Not Sam Bradford, not Sam Bradford, not Derek Carr. I mean, I even think like Stafford, Matt Ryan is like the lower limit of how, and those guys are good quarterbacks, but Stafford, Matt Ryan is the lower limit of the pocket passer. And even Stafford's a little bit mobile actually, but, or used to be, but that's like the lower, if you're below Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, forget it, forget being a pocket passer these days, move on. It's not good enough. And it's, those guys are really good pocket passers. So you know, Dak is mobile. All these guys, all the new crop. Wentz is mobile. They're all Jared Goff is not good enough, in my opinion. He, he's not good enough to have as your quarterback. Now, if you have a great system and scheme and a good defense, okay, maybe you can get to a Super Bowl. Maybe one day he'll win one if, if McVay is smart enough. But I would think that Goff is below the floor. I think you need to be, and maybe Goff improves and it becomes Matt Ryan or Stafford. But Ryan Stafford to me is my floor, unless you're mobile. All right. I'm looking forward to seeing the whole article on that one, but uh, I like it. And we talk, like you said, we did talk about it on the show today too. Uh, so I think you're right about that. Um, yeah. I, and I, how many times do we see this? Like big statuesque quarterback, you know, Dan McGuire, you know, you yeah. know, <laughs> gotta be a Brock Osweiler. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's going to uh, wrap it up for today. Uh, thanks everybody for uh, listening and watching for the, like the dozens of you on YouTube. So we appreciate that. Maybe that's like a million, million views at some on, point. Million views on YouTube minimum. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Exactly. That's the floor. Yeah. But uh, and Joe and Jake will be with us tomorrow. Uh, a lot talking a lot of free agents then. Thanks again for uh, listening. Have a great day. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.